everybody uh, to another great episode of the Beyond Normal podcast. We have a very special guest for you. We're in the midst of season four. Um, so we want to hop right into things for this for this this episode here. We have a founder by the name of uh, Jonathan Dumas. He is uh, the founder of Common Culture Coaching Plus Consulting. He's doing some amazing work. Um, I, I want to bring him on the stage, kind of let him share his story. He's also a fellow podcaster, so we're gonna we're gonna dig into uh, the podcast journey as well. But I want to uh, bring Jonathan to the stage so he can share a little bit about what he's got going on. What is up? How's it going? Appreciate you joining us today. How's it feel? How you feeling? Uh, I'm good, honestly. Um, came down with a little cold earlier this week um, and uh, feeling a whole lot better. Tested negative for COVID, so that's a uh, a, lot, uh, a lot of weight off my shoulders. Helped my mom adopt a, a, a dog earlier this week, so I became like a, a dog brother. Um, but I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Got it. Uh, so we're going to dig right into things. Um, at Common Culture Coaching and Consulting, love the name. Yeah. Uh, the mission is to uh, normalize everyday experiences for uh, everyday workplaces. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's always this, there, there's this uh, constant focus now in the world around uh, people, you know, being able to bring their whole selves um, mm-hmm. into the workspace or just, you know, whoever they're communicating with, whatever circles they're in. Um, so but I want I, I want to know from your from your, your angle you know, uh, from your perspective, you know, uh, what brought you to this point where you wanted to uh, be a founder? Yeah. Um, well, it's always actually been my dream to like run my own thing. And I just never knew what that looked like. Um, I had, I'm like the first person in my family to like be an entrepreneur, to be a founder. I'm doing the same full time on my own and just like figuring it out. And I don't think it doesn't even really matter if you have people in your life that has done this before, like it's going to be like, work you know what i'm saying and i think there is a uh fanatization of like you know um this hustle culture and everything like that like it's a lot of work <laughs> it's hard stuff um but what brought me to this point is just that you know um i've always like enjoyed work i've always enjoyed like business always enjoyed like the psychology around business and um it was it was around about like my post grad like my post undergrad like time when I first got like my first like salary position right and um I just did not have a great work experience like I just noticed you know people getting burnt out um people being underutilized overutilized um treated like literal cogs in a machine and so like they would just you know I I think in my tenure there I saw about like 50 people in this department like turnover um some people would only last like you know two, three weeks, some people would, you know, had to go to therapy and all these different things. And so what drew me to like understanding work and, and really like wanting to do work well and create, you know, equitable workplaces and, and doing this full time, it draws from that experience. And I just kept looking and going to different workplaces. And when I did my grad program um, in organizational psychology, I'm reading these books that are talking about these negative work experiences. And I'm like, this can't be real. And then I go to another job and like things are happening just as I read them and like talking to friends and all these different things um, and like people are having these experiences. And so, you know, my belief is that work doesn't have to be boring. Work doesn't have to just be this grueling thing. Work can actually be enjoyable, be somewhat fulfilling, um, whether it be the paycheck that's fulfilling or the actual work that you're doing. And so I just want to, you know, support um, individuals in the coaching aspect, but also organizations 
um, and creating uh, thriving cultures for everybody. I love uh, what you just said there. Uh, you got to focus on B2C. Um, mm -hmm. B2B is always, uh, you know, somewhat overlooked. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I, I think there's some opportunity uh, for founders that look like me and you to, to kind of um, go into that B2B space. Um, yeah. Before I dig into that a little bit, um, you mentioned a couple of things around just as you were going through your, your education mm -hmm. and you were uh, seeing and hearing some of these stories about the experiences that people were going through. I'm curious, like what was uh, like what was your mindset as you were going through some of your postgraduate work and, and, and some, you know, the process of getting your degrees? Because for myself, uh, one of the things I noticed is that they really sold us going mm. to uh, college, this uh, very fairy tale, yeah. like you said, <laughs> fanatization of, yeah. uh, of things of the real world. So I'm curious, um, like, what was your mindset like going through uh, your, your, your postgraduate work when it comes to a career and, and navigating that? I feel that so much because, you know, um, I always tell people this, like, I, I like drank a lot of that Kool-Aid, like gallons and gallons of that Kool-Aid. Um, and uh, I think it's, I think, I think, yeah, we were sold this dream that, you know, um, that like education is it. Like, and once you get the education, everything opens up. But like, in reality, like, that's just not true. Like, there's so many other things that like exist there. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, um, racism still exists, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And not just racism, but like where you go to school, who you know, um, privilege exists, all these different things and factors that surround me. So you know, I, I don't necessarily that that American dream I used to buy into a whole lot, but it's not, you know, American dream exists for people who have access and opportunity and not everybody has access and opportunity. So one of the things that um, one of the things that I like was like thinking about was that um, and told myself is that I just have to go through this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just have to like go through the ringer. And once I get up high enough, I can make changes or, you know, uh, this is just something that happens like and everybody's going through it. But going back to like the conversations I'm having and the people I'm interacting with and everything like that, you know, white folks started telling me like, oh, no, I didn't have to do that. Or like, oh, they don't talk to me that way. Or, um, oh, really? Or like there's just like all these different things that I'm seeing and not just white folks, but like, you know, people who went to different schools and um, just like all these uh, different opportunities. And I'm just like, wait a minute. I know for a fact and this is not just, I know for a fact that I'm working harder than you. I know for a fact that I'm better at my job than you. I know for a fact that I should be being paid more than you. Um, and yet it's not happening. And so like, what is going on? And so, like, and that's what goes back to like my undergrad or my postgraduate work of, of, of examining these things and asking questions. Um, and the more questions I asked, the, the more I found out that like, something's not working and something's not equitable in the systems that we're, we're operating in and that we're told that are supposed to just work for us. Um, if we just put our head down and work. Right. Um, but that's just, that's just not true. <laughs> Appreciate you breaking that, that down there. And it definitely is not true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like you said, like we just hear story after story uh, of the real world experience. Um, and, and there, there still is some value and, you know, going uh, and getting your degree, you, you yep. went ahead and got your post, uh, your, your post doctorate or excuse me, your post uh, graduate degree. So I'm curious, um, as you were going through that experience, um, were there any were there any skills that you gained or mindset that you had that prepared you for you being an owner now? Because 
being an entrepreneur, um, there is no manual. Yeah. Um, you got to really want to do this. Yeah, no, you really do have to really want it. And so I, I think, so grad school was really difficult for me, not just because like I was the first in my family to do it, um, but it, it uh, grad school challenges you in ways like, it's not the schoolwork that's necessarily hard. Like it's hard, but it's not like, that's not the thing that's like grueling, right? It's everything that goes around it. And there's just always this looming thing over your shoulder. And I had like um, uh, an applied thesis. So I, I was, I always had something to do that. I always had something to do. Um, but I think putting together a national survey, reaching out to people, talking to people, asking questions, do, doing, do, um, writing this long, very long paper and putting it together um, and coming up with some research and coming up with like uh, like some certified stuff that I could put and say like, yo, I, I like analyze this. I looked at this um, was was everything that prepared me to being a founder. You know, what I'm saying like everything that 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 I would go through. Because like as a founder, as somebody who's running your own company by yourself, there is always something to do. There's always something that's looming over your shoulder that you got to get done. Um, but at the same time, like I, I, uh, I recognize that I got to like take space for myself, like not like get burnt out because I, I want to do this for the long haul. Um, I don't want to just do this for like, you know, two, three years, four years. Um, I really want to do this for the long haul. And so, um, in grad school, I also, <laughs> I got, um, I was working like two or three jobs, uh, grad school full-time planning a wedding. And then I think I got married during the time that I was in grad school too, um, and it wasn't like I, I was one of those that um, I was a groomzilla. I'm, I'm going to be completely frank. Like I was up in the details of, of my wedding. Um, and so like it was it was probably one of the most stressful and anxious ridden times of my life. Um, but like all of that prepared me for like this time now, because like I, I think back to those two, three, two and a half years I was in grad school and like ain't nothing compared to to now. So like I could you know, put together these workshops and presentations and like pull, I'm still pulling from stuff I learned in my, um, my graduate work. So, uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was hard. It was hard, but like being a founder, it ain't nothing compared to <laughs> being a, a graduate student full-time and doing all the stuff I was doing. Got it. That's interesting, man. So yeah. like that hustle, like it, mm -hmm. it seems like that hustle has been kind of embedded in you, the path that you took. Yeah. You mentioned, uh, being a groomzilla. Yeah. Being in the details and things like that, it seems like it's just how you it's in your DNA. It's how you're wired. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I and I really credit that to my mom. Like you, you mentioned like hustle. Like my mom is an incredible hustler. Like every ounce of like work ethic that I have, every ounce of like perseverance I have, like I've learned from her because I mean, she was young um, and raised like three. She was a single parent for a, a good portion of my life and, and raised three young black boys who are now men um and like did an excellent you know job of doing that and so she would have me like if i had an issue with my playstation or something like that um growing up she she would be like all right tell them like what's going on and like if i wanted to refund something like she'd be like all right you make the phone call do that so like i've been doing these like calls and like all this stuff it, it was like practice you use every opportunity to like prep me for life and so like she likes to say is like i raised you on purpose with a purpose and so, um, like, that's kind of like how I, how I do my, how I live my life and, and do my thing. I like it, man. Shout out yeah. to, uh, my dudes, all the moms out yeah. there, <laughs> uh, making us do stuff that we don't want to do. 
Um, but then, you know, like when you have that conversation, like 15, 20 years later, you just got to go to them and be like, you were right. Thanks for making me do some of those, some of those things that I didn't want to do. Yep. Uh, you're making me, you're making me think back, Jonathan, like my yeah. mom made me do stuff like when I was 15, get a job. Yeah. <laughs> like as a lawn usher at this yeah. like uh, concert facility. And it's just like, why you got me out here working and yep. like, sitting in this rain, but that paycheck felt so good. And now like, I understand the value of like work, mm-hmm. like getting that check, like what goes into it. And so yep. uh, shout out to all the moms out there again, making us do things we don't want to do. No, 100%. I hated every single time she handed me the phone and said, you need to call them and ask them about this. I hated it. Um, I still do, but now I, I know, I just know how to do it. I just, I just do it now. Got it. And so <laughs> you mentioned the grind of being a, being a, being a founder. Mm. Uh, you got to get it. There's always something to do. I'm curious, mm. like, you, you know what your strengths are, right? Yeah. But there's always those opportunity areas for us. I'm curious, like, what's the area where you've had to spend maybe a little bit more time to kind of, um, you know, build out your skill set on that maybe you didn't have before that maybe, you know, being a founder um, has stretched you to learn a little bit more about? No, I appreciate you even framing it as like an opportunity, right? Not like a, um, a shortcoming or anything like that's like um, deficit um, thinking, right? And so um, I always try and use every opportunity because I love to, even growing up, I love to like tinker and figure things out you know um my mom would get annoyed sometimes because i would take stuff apart and try and put it back together um but uh so one of the things that i've that i'm trying to do as a founder and and not having like a ton of um capital like financial capital i really have to like learn how to figure stuff out so like design work like i got to figure stuff out you know um and and uh and uh, even podcasts, I have my own podcast and I have to figure editing out. And there was one time I had to teach myself how to code in like a weekend because <laughs> of, of an episode literally got um, corrupted and I had to figure out how to do that. So like, there's like little things like that. Um, even setting up this audio visual stuff, putting together um, social media stuff. I do not like social media. I love, I'm, I'm a lurker. Um, so I'll like go on social media and um, like, um, maybe I'll comment occasionally, but I don't like posting and putting stuff together. So I would say like that's a big opportunity that I've learned um, and just spending time researching. Like, you know, I've, I realize why there's full time social media positions within companies because it, it is a job. Um, there's strategy that goes into it. There is timing. There is phrasing. There's even a psychology that goes into the way that things are, are marketed. Um, and so like that's the biggest those are some of the biggest areas, you know. Um, graphic design, audio, um, visual stuff, um, social media marketing and social media strategy are like some areas I've really had to like focus on. Um, and I've loved like the marketing side of it and the strategizing side of it and the designing side of it. Uh, but I still don't like social media <laughs> to, po- to post stuff. It's annoying. I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> no, nah, it's, it's not for everybody. It's so no. hey, Jonathan, just admit it. Yeah, <laughs> um, we, we all got it. We, we know it's the new norm. We got to deal with just have these different channels um, that, you know, cus- potential customers or just our supporters, our community can tap in with us on. And so mm-hmm. it is a grind managing social media. So I appreciate you yeah. having that transparency and being candid with us there. Yeah, 100 uh, percent. So you touched on your podcast a little bit. We're on a podcast now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, can you share just a little bit about, you know, um 
what that what the podcast experience is for you now and where does it fit within, you know, uh, your business mm. and how you kind of kind of generate revenue it, yeah. it, if it does for you. Yeah. So um, I started podcasting in March 2020. Um, originally, it was basically just like a passion project. Something I, I mean, I love podcasts. Um, growing up, I actually wanted to be a radio host. So one of the things that I um, wanted to do in that podcast was just have intentional conversations with the people I see every day because um, you don't know what you miss until you miss them. So um, I just had conversations with my brothers, um, my mom, my in-laws and stuff like that and just asked some really intentional questions. Um, but uh, after George Floyd was murdered, uh, my podcast turned into something completely different. And so um, I started having conversations with the people I see every day, um, but really much more vulnerably and much more candidly. And so it turned into like more of educational piece about like how policies, legislation, how um, all of the different isms, racism, um, all the other obias, uh, xenophobia, all those different things, like how those impact our day-to-day lives and our day-to-day relationships. And so, um, and then I just have like pretty frank and vulnerable conversations with with different folks and, and, and really bring into light those things. And so what happened was with one particular episode I had with my, um, with my wife, um, we had just gotten back from a protest. Um, she is uh, a white woman from Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota. And so it hit particularly home uh, for us because I had been there uh, multiple times. And so uh, just was really, really open, really, really frank about that. And um that podcast got me my uh, Real Talk with Duma up to top 125 for like two or three months um, in the social um, society and culture section. Uh, and so like what I began to do was uh, drop more education, more things that are that are, that are going on. Um, and like people loved it and, and really enjoyed it. Um, and so now what I've turned into doing um, going on two years with the podcast is like really integrating this in and using this as a resource tool for my individual clients, for um, the um, for the businesses that I'm working with and saying like, hey, you want to know how like what it's like to like live authentically and vulnerably and, and, and how like these different policies and things that are impacting um, your employees, um, their families, um, what's going on with them. Like here's here's a resource that you can utilize um, uh, for that. And and once you actually go through this, and I typically do this with clients that are a little bit earlier because I don't work with anybody who I have to define stuff with, that I have to define racism, that I have to define white supremacy, that I have to define these things. Um, when I go into organization, I'm there to enhance the work that you're already doing um, and like level up. So like if you're already doing the work. So I will give them my podcast. I will give them a resource list that they can use that, um, build that up because like, I'm not going to be anybody's token (laughs) or be anybody's first uh, to establish like these things, because that's a lot of emotional labor for me. Um, And that bill typically is a lot higher for those clients. Um, But if they're willing to pay, I'm willing to charge. Um, So, uh, but that's how I usually do it. Um, I also run a Patreon through there to support that podcast. Um, and just have that running and just provide some resources, provide a community for folks who are um, wanting to have those intentional and I'll, I'll say meaningful and substantive conversations um, with the people they see every day. Um, and in this season that I just relaunched in January, um, I've had the opportunity to have some folks 
um, from the Black Speaker Collection. I just joined in December. Um, shout out them. I'll put this up if you're watching. This is a sweater. Um, but uh, yeah, just having some pretty cool conversations with some new like found friends, colleagues, um, people that are doing some amazing work um, in HR, doctors, um, higher education, um, and having intentional conversations about their lives, about why they do the stuff that they do, um, and how they can make better impactful, um, you know, things ha happen in the world. So yeah, that's how I'd be doing it. It, it. It's really fun. I love podcasting. I really, really do. Yeah, man. Appreciate uh, you you advocating for pod life. Yeah. Uh, it is a real thing. Uh, I appreciate you as well, kind of calling out a couple things there in terms of uh, how it fits into your business and you uh, really integrating in your business. There's no tokenism going on. Yeah. Uh, show me the money. Yes, that's right. Uh, Wait, I got another shirt for you. It's like... Uh... I bought these. It's um, if you're watching the the YouTube video, it's like "Run me my money." Yep. So run me my money. That's right. So yeah, I love that. And that was the speaker collective, right? That you mentioned. Yeah, um, Black Speakers Collection. Yep. Got it. Got it. You want to tell folks a little bit about that? Yeah, I'll definitely plug them because they've gotten me multiple speaking clients. <laughs> uh, so um, if y'all are not familiar uh, with Madison Butler. Um, the blue haired unicorn on LinkedIn. You really need to get uh, connected with her because she'd be doing or follow her because she'd be doing some amazing, amazing work. Um, but basically it was birthed out of um, essentially every November, December, January, she would get hit up like overwhelming amount for February for black speaker months. And you, you already know how it goes. Okay. So this is like, people want her to be speaking because she's like unapologetic on LinkedIn. And so um, and she, and she had posted something about like, y'all know, I do speaking gigs year round. Like I could do that. Right. Like, you know, there's black people that speak on all kinds of stuff year round. Right. And so basically she just posted on this, um, a, a quick post and said, if you are a speaker, drop your information, drop all the topics you speak about and like, do it, you know, just input it in that, in this comment, in the thread below it blew up. And then somebody in the comment said, I will make a free website for you. I could do it in 20 minutes. And she said, no, you can't. And, and he was like, bet. So sent all the information, put it in a spreadsheet. Bro made a website for free. And then it just kept blowing up. So before she before uh, before she knew it, 100 speakers. Before she knew it, 500. Before she knew it, 1,000. Before she knew it, now like 2,000, right? Um, put together a Slack channel. And it just keeps keeps growing. Um, and people are getting speaking gigs and stuff like that, creating a community of of folks that do all kinds of work from around the world, literally um, from the diaspora of, of, of black folks uh, and getting black folks paid uh, for this labor because it ain't free. Um, and it, it's an incredible community. Um, and I'm, I'm incredibly thankful and super excited to be a part of it. Yeah, that sounds awesome, man. I'm familiar with uh, I follow her um, yeah. because it is quite um, hilarious. <laughs> It uh, is how she, like how she like whatever she says, it just like incites people on like some of these professional networks to like mm -hmm. show their true colors. Yes. Those that haven't heard of her, Maddie Butler, she is. Uh, if you haven't heard of her yet, definitely check her out. If you're on LinkedIn, she's always calling out people in a way we got to respect. Um, but it's good that like like that uh, collection of speakers, those types of events. We all know it's that time of the year. Mm -hmm. um in february is when you know you just line up like your black speakers right and yeah. uh that's the tokenism that jonathan was speaking to uh, earlier that we see so in a space like this it's, it's definitely good to see the communities being being built out so we can have those conversations year round for sure absolutely absolutely and one of the things that like was kind of frustrating 
um, and I was nervous about even putting like anything DEI on my website was because I don't want to get pigeonholed into just that space, right? Like the black guy, oh, of course he talks about like DEI, you know what I'm saying? And belonging and justice and all that. But like, I always frame myself as an organizational psychologist who's equity minded, right? And so like when I go into an organization and you're like, hey, we are having some like communication issues. Well, like who's in leadership? Um, what communication styles are going on? How are y'all, um, how are y'all interacting? Um, because there might be some underlying issues that you can't see and I can like support you in that. And we just need to like bring equity um, into the floor focus. So yeah, that's that's some of the things um, that I was nervous about um, when we talk about that, but I love how open and unapologetic the community is. That's dope. Um, so, you know, you, you've given us a, a ton of information here, Jonathan, just around your background, yeah. um, you know, what's going on in your world. I'm curious, I want to make sure that I give you uh, I want to give you the soapbox, give you the stage in terms of, um, you know, for this season, we're going to definitely be asking founders, uh, you know, what they need. Like, what, what are they looking for people who are listening and to, to do? What's that next action that they can take mm. um, in terms of supporting your business? Mm. Um, you know, you know what support means. Support is how you interpret it. But I want to definitely make sure I give you the stage for that. Yeah. Um, we close out at the very end. No, I appreciate that, Kenny. Um, I mean, if you are interested in one-on-one -on -one coaching, I do leadership and career coaching. Um, and the way that I do coaching is it's beyond just like just work, talking about work, right? Because I don't believe in the boundaries of work life and and, and personal life, that those two, those two things, there's nuance in between there. So I, I work with people on identifying their values to get um, what they want out of work. If they feel stagnant, lost, don't know a direction, feel like there's something else missing, um, I work with those and, and really specialize in, in um, uh, being that like support role and archaeologist in figuring out what is there missing? What is the underlying things there? Uh, if you are an organization that are is really curious more about my work, you can you can visit my my website, commonculturecc.com. Um, reach out to me. would love to communicate with you on enhancing, you know, what does it look like to create thriving cultures where everybody feels uh, like they belong? And then also you can go ahead and check out um, my podcast, Real Talk with Duma. Anywhere that you uh, get your podcast, I actually just pulled my podcast from Spotify because uh, of the whole Joe Rogan situation. Um, but anywhere else you can find my podcast on Apple, you know, um, Amazon, all those different things. Um, or just catch up with me on uh, the socials, uh, Common Culture CC on Instagram, Twitter, um, LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me at Jonathan Dumas. Uh, that I'm, I'm the black face that pops up. I'm the only black black Jonathan Dumas on there. So <laughs> uh, find me on there. I'd love to connect. I'd love to hear from you. Um, and like, yeah, yeah. Uh, amplify other people's work. I, I really do appreciate it. Appreciate that, Jonathan. Um, again, you gave us a, plenty to think about the, mm -hmm. the, the work that you're doing in this space. Um, you know, some would label it as DEI, but I, I definitely saw a, a, a constant theme for you throughout this conversation around just building community, mm. building it the right way. Yeah. Uh, making sure it's inclusive. Um, and, and, you know, everybody feels like they, they, they can at least speak up and, and, and speak their piece. Yeah. Um, and so, again, I appreciate you. You pop pod brothers for sure. Yes. I'm definitely <laughs> checking out uh, that, that podcast as well. I want folks to. Um, from who are listening in and definitely support you in, the, in, in any way possible. You have plenty of uh, channels of social media <laughs> uh, that they can reach out to you on. So, so definitely um, 
follow up with Jonathan and his business and looking forward to uh, seeing how you grow throughout this year because there's definitely um, a focus on uh, from from the corporate side and then, you know, just from the employee side around career in the space that you're in. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Kenny. All right now. Peace, everybody.